Well, we are continuing to have a great time at the International Ocean Film Festival, Tyler. And this morning, we're on Sunday morning. It is an absolutely beautiful day on uh, San Francisco Bay. And uh, this morning's program was the student film competition. And we are pleased to have a couple of student filmmakers join us today. And would y'all introduce yourselves, please? Hi, I'm Abby, and I'm 12. My name is Arjun, and I'm 15. It's so cool to have you guys here. Uh, tell us and our audience a little bit about the film you made. Okay, so our film is called The Ennor of Today. And Ennor is a locality in the north of Chennai. Chennai is a, is a big city off the coast of Bay of Bengal in the South Indian state of Tamil Nadu. And what's so, what's so, I guess, unique or significant about Ennor is that it is decimated with pollution. Ennor, literally in Tamil, is Ettoor, which means eight towns or villages. That's a, that's a conglomeration of eight villages in the area. It's Ennor. And what's happened in Ennor is that a lot of, the, a lot of coal power plants, thermal power plants, they have, they have established their place in the area, and they're causing a lot of pollution and effects on the, on the, on the communities there and also the the environment and how both of those are interconnected. Most of these communities are fishing communities. They, they rely upon fish as their main source of sustenance and with fishing going down actually because of these environmental issues, they're losing a lot of their income and sustenance. Uh, before we go into the film, which I really loved, uh, tell us where you live and how old you are and where you go to school. So um, we live in Bainbridge Island. It's a 30-minute ferry oh. ride from Seattle. And we actually moved there just a few months ago, um, so we're pretty new there. And I'm 12, and he's 15. <laughs> well, I note one of the things that I wanted to ask you in watching the film and about the impact of the mm -hmm. power plants was the coal fly ash. Mm -hmm. uh, it looked like the disposal mm -hmm. was simply open into the estuary. Is that what they're doing with the coal fly ash? Somewhat, actually, because there are a few places where the ash goes. The first place, which I guess the most intuitive, is air pollution, because sure. the ash literally just goes mm -hmm. into the air. And I'm not exactly familiar with air pollution in Ennor, but it certainly is there. The air is quite polluted. One, mm -hmm. you, can, you can see that when you go there. Mm -hmm. The second is when it gets into the waterways, actually, because the mm -hmm. fly ash, some of it does go into the water. There are some areas in the film yeah. that, we were, that we showed that were actually a lot of water just mm -hmm. actually on ash. The third, I guess most dramatic, is just... Fields of ash. Mm -hmm. You could play a game of football on the field of ash, literally. Wow. And wow. it's just, of course, it's a little bit of a little thin layer, but it's still compacted. That's how much ash has, that has come. And actually, surprisingly, we saw a white-bellied sea eagle just nesting on top of one of those ash fields. Wow. You know, and coal fly ash is, depending on what the coal source is, can be very toxic, can have heavy metals in it. Uh, it is a very fine substance, and I would imagine that the the way it would cover a reef or if, if, if mm -hmm. it's in the water is going to be pretty yes. devastating. Did you guys see that? Uh, we didn't go to a reef or the, we didn't go to a reef or anything, but what we did see was the, how wetlands in many mm -hmm. areas or actually former wetlands, let's call it because they're not really wetlands. They don't look like wetlands anymore because of the ash were affected. Of course, my, because the activist and journalist we were working with Nityanand Jayaraman or Nithi, as we called him, he was saying, I was wondering at there. I was just marveling at four pelicans on an uh, area with some amount of ash. But he was saying this is an extremely low number compared to what usually what could be there if the pollution was not such a problem like it is mm -hmm. here. So have you in your with your own eyes have you guys seen 
a drop in wildlife? Like, is it obvious that this development is creating problems? Like, in fish populations, yes. Yeah. I, I don't think, personally, I've not been there long enough to uh-huh. actually see the drop in wildlife with my eyes. Yeah. But yes, we know for a fact that the fish populations are being affected. So in, in fish terms, yes, that is happening. But the, the, I just, just to say, uh, the, we didn't really see that many fish, though. So we were already, we came when it was really bad. We left when it was actually really bad, too. So it was kind of a very, it, was, it kind of plateaued. In a sense. Interesting. Are, are you from that region of uh, India, or did you travel there to make the film? I am not from there myself, but my parents were born there. So my parents immigrated uh, to the U.S. Mm-hmm. I was born. My sister was born. We were, both mm-hmm. of us were born in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And we, were, we actually went there to spend time with our grandmother, uh, who lives there. Oh, very mm-hmm. cool. So our original in- intention was not to make the film, but uh, seeing the problems there, we decided that, you know, there's, you can see it everywhere else in the world. It's, it's always there, and we decided to make a film to, you know, show one of the examples of this. So that's an interesting uh, step to take, a film, you know. You could have done other things, I suppose. Mm -hmm. You could have written an album or something, (laughs) but you decided to... Uh, make a film. Do you? Is this something that you guys collaborate on? Uh, otherwise, have you made other films? Uh, both of us. I've made a film with my, the organization I'm part of, Air Star Oceans, which is a youth youth led conservation organization based in the Bay Area. I've made a film with them before, but not one with my mm-hmm. sister. This is a completely new experience in the sense. Mm-hmm. And actually, to address your question about why it was a mm-hmm. film, we thought that, of course, there are many films about developing countries that are shown. Oh gosh! In in Indonesia, how the palm oil is decimating the local habitat. The I believe I'm unsure about this. The monkeys and how it's used in many products. But we wanted to show the bigger theme that this is not just a problem endemic to third world countries. Also, media is a great way to be in a certain place, even if you're not there. So that's also something that drove our decision to make a film. And I think of it as a Two senses versus five senses. If you are right there, you, you can taste some things in your mouth sometimes. You can smell it. You can, you can feel it. You can touch it. You can, you can see it and you can hear it. But in film, you get about 40% of that. You can hear and see. But I guess that counts for more than 40% because those are our two major senses, I guess. Well, you guys did an amazing job of editing the film and making mm-hmm. the film. Um, one of my favorite shots uh, of the movie, Peter, was the shot with the the muddy ash mm-hmm. in the hand and squeezing it so you could really the opening. feel the um you could feel it mm-hmm. even though if, even though that doesn't count on your list mm-hmm. I, I could i derived information mm-hmm. that allowed me to have like a tactile understanding of what that stuff was that was actually taken on one of those ash fields so there's i actually picked up you actually picked it uh, up a, a little bit of ash, and I was kind of squeezing it in my hand, and my sister filmed it. Mm-hmm. So. We thought it would be a good idea to have that touch sensory. Great shot. Yeah. Great shot. Thank you so much. Thank yeah, you. That was great. And did you tell us about the community there and how the population has responded to the changes in the fishery and mm-hmm. in the habitat and the environment? It's, it's a very interesting juxtaposition where they are because they clearly know what's happening to them. They actually, but they're in such a desperate state. So what happens is that they don't have much power to change their situation, right? So what happens... They go, and some of them actually work in the very power plants that are actually decimating mm-hmm. them in promise of an income. Wow, yeah. So this is, it's, it's a very ironic situation in the yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. 
Also, a lot of them do not want to carry on what their parents did being fishermen. And we saw that a lot of them want to be policemen, um, accountants. So they really, they, they're not looking to carry on what their parents did in being fishermen. They're mm-hmm. transitioning into the modern Indian economy in a sense, yeah. but not for the reasons that most people do. Well, let me ask you. So uh, India is a country that is changing very quickly. Mm-hmm. And um, this is a thing we see along the American shoreline is that uh, shorelines are always in a state of change. Mm-hmm. Um, what you're described as a c- community of his, you know, people that fished and lived in the water, you lived using the water, had a relationship with the water, and now with kind of, I guess we can say industrialization, mm-hmm. modern uh, power plants, dirty power plants, they've not only, I mean, they're transitioning the economy, that's why those power plants are there, you know. And uh, what what is what do you guys think about that? I mean, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? I mean, you, certainly the world changes, but you're, you get, we have a couple of young people here. What do you all think? I really think that things should be done in balance. There's nothing such as completely good or completely bad mm. because that's a complete black and white way to look at the world. For example, a power plant that, that, you, that perhaps uses is a transitionary, transitionary power plant. Of course, there should be very few to none, no fossil fuel burning power plants in the far future because of the, of the effects. But at least things should start transitioning, maybe using less fossil fuels, improving efficiency rates. One cannot just go from zero to 100 in, in conservation. But, but to see negative steps being taken actually is, is, the com- is, the complete, mm-hmm. is an incorrect thing mm-hmm. to do because instead of going a small step towards your goal, you're actually going a few steps away from your goal in the sense that you are, all, you are, you are not setting the com- local communities up for success. Yeah. And at the same time, you're just you're relying upon resources that could vanish potentially in a very at a very mm-hmm. fast rate. I think development should not come at the cost of decimating these people's lives. And I think, as Arjun said, there should be a balance where people are able to continue what they currently have, but at the same time have some benefits of development, and so that everything just doesn't get traded in for development. It's yeah. a very uh, great. I think that you're quite right. An excellent per- point of view, and a. That's the trick of it around the shorelines all around the world is how do you balance the historic uses, the community and the culture, the environmental health, and our sort of incessant desire for economic development all over the world. And it's a really tough balance. Actually, in, in that sense, people transitioning away from fishing is a good idea economically because they have a lot more potential to be someone who works in the tech industry, someone who works as an engineer, someone who works as a doctor. But the reasons why they're doing it should be very different. The reason should be advancement. The reason should not be, I've lost all of this here. I'm desperate. I'm mm-hmm. going to the next place just to get a job. It should be like more of a want than a need. Yeah, yeah okay. So when you, uh, when you look at the situation there, are there things that make you hopeful about Inor? Absolutely. The people there are very, very aware. They know exactly what is going on. But there needs to be... There needs to be international awareness of this issue because one cannot just group all third world issues into just third world issues. No. Because every third world, third, third world issue is a unique issue as of itself. For example, there's the one I was talking about in Indonesia, the one in Endor, and they should be treated like we do these first world issues as their own problem. 100%. Exactly. And the same solution cannot be used for Endor as Indonesia. Of course, we can draw a pattern, but we cannot use a generalization fallacy. You have to have a specific case scenario and research it and use logic to Mm -hmm. simply 
address a solution wow. that, that you, uh, create a solution that would work. Arjun, are you sure you're 15 years old? <laughs> uh, last, last I checked, I was 16, actually. Okay. So. 16. That is a really uh, intelligent perspective, and I really appreciate that. I'm just 15. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wow. Do you have something you'd like yes. to add? Yeah. Go ahead. Also, things in India are more out in the open, I would say, than they are here. Hmm. So I think it's easier to see there, and maybe we can make it more like it here. You know, I, the coal fly ash problem if you, is also a big issue in the United States and in coastal areas and in coastal waterways. The, the Hurricane Florence from last fall which came across North Carolina, uh, where there are a lot of coal-fired power plants and impounded ash lagoons. Mm -hmm. Many of those broke. Mm -hmm. All of that ash was released into the waterways and eventually made it way, its way into the Atlantic. Mm -hmm. So even here, we consider ourselves first world country. We have the same kind of power plant issue and coal waste. And of course, uh, climate change and global warming is a huge mm -hmm. issue. And it just to, just to just to have a difference between first world countries and third world countries, I don't really see there that there's there is much of a difference. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Of course, our economies have had kind of a head start in a sense compared to India's economy. We have we transitioned to the first and second industrial revolutions a lot earlier than they they're doing. They're actually going through both in a way at the same time. Right. <laughs> Sorry. But the largest democracy in the world. Yeah, but they are the uh -huh. largest democracy in the world. And to kind of tie both of them, India could either be a huge leader in the environmental crisis or a uh, place where which is quite undesirable to live meaning that india is the country i guess that faces the most challenges it has it has very limited resources and it has a growing population mm -hmm. which will surpass china's by really? even earlier than mid-century wow i did not know that but so the thing is that india could be the one of the biggest leader in environment we've managed with more than a billion people with very limited natural resources how to ensure how to ensure uh functioning state with a growing economy. Yeah. That, that could be the India of the future. But this, but this what I'm going to say, could also be the India of the future. The India of the future could be a poverty-ridden country with even worse problems than many other third-world countries just because of the sheer population, sometimes even the sheer lack of regulation in many places. Well, gosh, what a lot to think about. Uh, the challenges in every coastal country, I think, are, are unique, as you say. You can't... Uh, take one solution from an area and just transfer it over the culture, the history, the community, the interests at stake. It's a very complicated equation. Um, is this something you see yourselves either studying or working in in the future? Uh, what, what are your plans for the future, either as a filmmaker or in your education? Maybe. I'm not, I'm not actually always thought about what I'm going to do, and I've never actually decided, but maybe yes. I, I don't know. It seems like a, it is a really important topic, and maybe I'll choose to pursue it in a different way. Mm -hmm. I think for my future, I, I really, I don't know whether I'm going to be in an environment-based career or not. It, perhaps I end, I don't end up in an environment-based career. Let's take that situation. But I, I know that I care about this issue enough. I've learned about this issue enough. There's a logical reason to actually do something because, basically, we are quite screwed if we don't do anything. Yeah. Here's a question for you guys. Uh, wh what, how would you rank in importance, I mean, in your life, like environmental stewardship and, and following through on the fact that, like you say, if uh, changes aren't made, we're screwed. So what do we do about it? I don't know if I can give you a number for the rank, but I can rank it as 
highly, highly, highly important because, you know, whether or not my, I'm pretty sure my views and beliefs will change as I grow up, but I know that the core of environmental protection is going to be there at the very, even if I become very conservative or very liberal, I don't know what end I would become. I would, I would seriously see environmental protection as a issue because this is the planet where I live in, mm-hmm. and if I don't have a planet to live in, of all the other so-called higher goals in life, mm-hmm. becoming, getting a degree, becoming a doctor, becoming an engineer, those all become impossible. Yep. It's, it's, it's a foundational thing that we're trying to protect so we can, get, uh, so we can have our advancements. Uh, the literal foundation of all our society is kind of being broken, in a sense. The planet working is at the foundation. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to keep the foundation steady as for society to progress. Man. Well, I'll give that a big amen. Jeez. Really, absolutely, 100%. Uh, so Bainbridge, so you've, you've made your way to the Pacific Northwest. You're in Puget Sound, which is one of the great bays on the American shoreline. Uh, Bainbridge Island is a really special place. I have been to Bainbridge been. Island. Uh, one of my good friends uh, from Texas lives there, raises kids there. A great place. Uh, there are a lot of issues in Puget Sound. The southern orca population is under mm-hmm. a lot of stress mm-hmm. there. The the redevelopment of the Seattle waterfront and the removal of the highway. Mm-hmm. A lot of big coastal mm-hmm. issues in that community. Do you see yourselves uh, kind of getting immersed in Puget Sound now, or do you think your next project is in India again? What, 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 where are you going? I would say both, because both of these issues, uh, my, my grandmother lives in India, mm-hmm. and Puget Sound is where I currently live. Mm-hmm. So we've already, I believe, we've already made some amount of, what do you call it? Leeway? Some amount of... Leeway? Oh, uh, leeway... I think you're the headway. Actually. Headway. Oh, sure. Headway, yes. Headway. Headway. You, you just lost the word. Headway in India, uh, because we we have actually talked to some kids in schools, not 1,500 kids in schools. We have we have, we have made some people aware in India, and India is quite responsive to change because a lot of these people they know, but they don't know why. Yeah. But if they do know why, I guess they get they end up they end up knowing exactly what to do. Fantastic. But to address your question about the Puget Sound. I really do think I'll be involved in many of the issues there because a lot of these issues are quite global. I'm not saying the same solution can be applied everywhere. Correct. But the issue follows the same principle. Yeah. With the, with the over, with, with one with a imbalance. Well, someone is taking something and that's affecting somewhere quite close by, even if we don't see it. Right. What do you I think, think, Abby? There's an association with both places for me. So, and I, as Arjun said, I think that we need to work on whatever place we can because it's going to affect everywhere else. And the same problems, a lot of the same problems we can see in different places. Absolutely right. Um, so what is it like to be invited to a film festival? This must Lovely. be a thrill. Love it. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> At 15 and 13. That's, that's a really stunning accomplishment. You must be mm-hmm. very proud, and I, th- I would imagine your family is very proud. I think for the main... <laughs> the main <laughs> you know your mother is, as your grandmother as well, too, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the main thing about the film festival is... I have presented before, and going to a conference is similar to going to a film mm-hmm. festival, except except for the fact that you are immersing yourself in the area a lot more than, than a conference. A conference is more about knowledge I gathering. I couldn't agree more. This is really interesting to hear. Thank you. So, yeah, can, keep Conference going. is about knowledge gathering, which is extremely important. I think it's actually even more important than a film. I mean, don't get me wrong. I really like filming and watching films, but knowledge gathering, you need to know the stuff first. Indeed. But you need to... You can always give a child raw broccoli and say that the nutrients in broccoli are going to help you. But if you can somehow put the nutrients of broccoli in something that a child wants to eat, the child is more likely to eat it. In the same way, 
a, a just raw knowledge in a conference is not going to be as powerful as knowledge with it's inspiration it, with a film with other elements like inspiration. Yeah, you got to make it taste good. Exactly. Yeah. You have to inspire people and get their attention. And well, what a beautiful film on a very difficult subject. And uh, congratulations on being a selection at the 16th International Ocean Film Festival in San Francisco. Congratulations, guys. Thank you. Congratulations very much. Thanks Thank for you being, so much. being talking so with much. us today. Yeah.